Good evening, everyone. This is Donna's podcast, and I'm bringing you the message tonight entitled Generational Divide. I have always watched our juniors and our seniors uh, with some sense of amazement, trying to figure out what makes us so different. Why is our thought pattern so different? Why do we view the world so differently? And why do we raise our children so differently? Why do we see things through a different set of lenses based on our moral views, religious views, political views, economical views, and just how we view life? Well, I knew that I couldn't tackle every area at once, so I chose to address it from a religious view, particularly how each generation viewed the church. And because I'm an African-American, I chose to address it from our perspective. This message was prepared about a year ago when the church was operating as what we might call normal, what we might consider to be normal. But now it appears that things have changed. The way we used to do church have taken on a very different look and feel. It has suddenly and drastically changed in just the blink of an eye. I would even go so far as to say that we may never see it as it used to be. Now, whether that's good or bad has yet to be determined. I would say, based on the God that I know, it's just a little shaking up and a little waking up. It's a call for us to get right church and do it now. As I was preparing this message some time ago, in my heart I felt even then that we the church was on a downward spiral instead of an upward trajectory especially as it related to the younger generation. It is our responsibility as adults to teach them the Word of God, especially the parents. It is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19, that we are to teach the Word to our children. We are to talk about it when we are sitting down and when we are walking along the road, when we lie down and when we get up. When Jesus' disciples were trying to shoo the little children away from him in the New Testament, Jesus said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. In other words, if we don't teach them, how will they know? Of course, you may have surmised by now that I am a baby boomer born between the years of 1946 and 1964. Well, now I'll share my view on what I call the generational divide. Let me start with five generations. The first generation is called the traditionalist or the silent generation, born between the years of 1945 and before. The next generation are called the baby boomers. That's the category in which I fall in. They were born between the years of 1946 and 1964. The third generation is called Generation X. They were born between 1965 and 1976. And then we have the Millennials, or the Gen Y. They were born between the years of 1977 and 1995. And finally, we have what's called Gen Z, or Centennials. They were born between the years of 1995 and to be determined. 
what I call the generational divide is something that has been stirring in my spirit for quite a long time. The Lord has been giving me bits and pieces, and those bits and pieces I'm still trying to make sense of. I believe that we need to try to better understand our young adults, our young people, and our children, instead of sending them out of sight and out of mind. The societal changes that are making our children who they are should keep us all on our knees. I started looking at the generational beginning and ending and discovered that it spans somewhere between 20 to 25 years based on male or female, and it's also based on uh, the country that we live in. I knew that biblically, but I never seriously thought about it from a secular perspective. For quite some time, I found myself being self-identified as a what I call the spokesperson for the young adults. Every time a discussion would come up about a right or a wrong situation, or just frankly sin, it always seemed to sway towards the young adults, as if adults never did anything wrong. The concern I had was, why are some of the young adults no longer open and tender towards God? Why have they left the church? I rarely thought about why they turned away from God. Although I know that's important, I thought mostly about where we went wrong as adults or if we went wrong as adults. There was a time when those in my age group, the baby boomers, between the ages of 55 through 73, we didn't have a choice about church when we were younger. Our parents from what's considered the silent generation or the traditionalists between the ages of 74 to 91, simply said, you're going. And we went. And when we started having children, initially we didn't give our children a choice. But as they got older, we started giving them options. Some of the diehard parents said, as long as you're in this house, you're going to church. While other parents weren't as forceful or aggressive. Then the next generation, Gen X, ages 39 through 54, were even less demanding. They weren't as committed to going to church. So it stands to reason that their children didn't have to go either. Every now and then they would come to church as a goodwill gesture, but the desire to really come to know Jesus in a personal way seemed to have lessened. Some Gen X's feel compelled to come because their parents bought them, and they feel as though it's the right thing to do for their children. They feel as though their children need to learn about God, but for them as parents, it's not that serious. Then the next generation, uh, the millennials, between the ages of 23 to 38, feel as though they don't need to go to church at all because it doesn't seem to have much meaning. This is the question that arises in their minds. What's in it for me? It's boring. The millennials are what we call the entitled generation. Why should I get up early in the morning on Sunday after I've worked all week? Why get my children up on Sunday early in the morning when they've been in school all week just to hear someone tell a story about a man that I really don't know anything about? Why should I subject my children to sitting in church for three hours with nothing to do but listen? Even in school, they have learning activities to help them pass the day. 
Some churches have tried numerous ways to reach the younger people. Some have tried untraditional ways like renaming the Sunday school or restructuring Sunday school to try to address the attention span of our children. Some have tried doing away with traditional Sunday school curriculum. We've tried adding classes like career class, single class, couples class, and so on. We've even tried children's church, which is somewhat successful, but it appears nothing up until now has really completely been successful. During our worship hour, the traditional decorum of the church choir is almost extinct. We lean more today towards the praise team. We have the kind of technology now that keeps us from having to get up early in the morning to get our children just for church. But I wonder how many parents are sitting their children in front of the TV or computer or tablet saying, uh, we're going to have church at home this morning. God help us. I'm trying to paint a picture of how much things have changed and are changing without going into a lot of details that would probably take most of the night and most of the next day too. I'm trying to get those of us who are leaders who know the Lord in a real and personal way to begin to think about some of the failures of the past that might help us in the future. I'm trying to get those of us who recognize that something has went terribly wrong to reach out to others in ways that might not be so comfortable or conventional, but it might connect with someone that don't know how to begin to connect with the Jesus that we know who has changed our life completely. Some of us have tried to ignore the changing times. We've tried to bury our heads in the sand. But much like myself, the Lord is not going to let us rest and be satisfied in our current state. A lot of what's happening is a direct result of the changing times that we live in. And I'm not saying all things are bad. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. Society has changed. Laws have changed. People have changed. Our children are involved in and exposed to things that we never dreamed of being involved in at an early age. All we knew was the movie after church and stopping at the store on the way to the church. The world around us is almost unrecognizable compared to when some of us were younger. Yet the word of God is still the same. So the question that I would leave with us is this. Where do we go from here? As I perused the Word of God in search of an answer, I began to look at some of the Bible characters that should be familiar to us and trying to get some answers for myself. I looked at people like Abraham, who wasn't called into ministry until he was in his silent years at the age of 75 years old. Could that be why God told him that he was going to be the father of many nations because he was an older man? Joseph, a young boy with a dream from God, was about 17 years old when he first heard of him. Today, he would be considered Gen Z. Moses was a baby floating down the river. 40 years in Egypt, 40 years on the backside of the mountain, and 40 years in the wilderness. The Israelites lived for 40 years in the wilderness, and then before they went into the promised land, the Lord said that, no one over the age of 19 would enter into the promised land. That was considered a generational change. They were still within the ages of 0 to 19 years of age. 
Jesus's first engagement with God and the elders was at the age of 12. That would be considered Generation Z. When he began his ministry, the age of 27 to 30, he would have been considered what we might call today a millennial. So these are just some of the things to think about as we do ministry. Everything matters in the kingdom, and it's not about us. It's all about him. Some of the questions we should be asking ourselves today, I would imagine, is where do we go from here? How long can the church sustain the posture that we find ourselves in today? And will the church ever be the same again? It seems like everything has changed so suddenly. When have we ever been told that we cannot go to church? So it just seems a bit strange today and the time that we're living in. But I believe that God still sits on the throne And I believe God still looks out for his own. We are the people of God, and Jesus is our Lord, and Jesus is our Savior. Yes, the church may need to be redefined, but I believe God is still the author and the finisher of our faith, and he can direct us every step of the way. This concludes the message for today. Be blessed, be safe, and stay tuned.